welcome to In the Booth, a podcast by the Frederick News Post. My name is Jillian Atelsik, and I cover education here. In this series, as you will know if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, we are sitting down with each of the 16 candidates for the Frederick County Board of Education. This is a way more crowded field than we have seen in many, many years here in Frederick County, and there's been a pretty unprecedented amount of money poured into the race so far. With school board elections across the country receiving more attention than ever, we wanted to ask each local candidate about the most pressing issues facing FCPS. So for today's episode, I sat down with Isela Bravo. She works in human resources and community engagement for the Asian American Center of Frederick, and she ran unsuccessfully back in 2018 to represent District 4 in the Maryland House of Delegates. She says she feels like she could bring a unique perspective to the Board of Ed, She told me about her professional background, her time as a PTA president, and what she would do to improve communication between the school board and the community if she were elected. Hope you all enjoy the conversation. Check back for more over the next couple weeks. And don't forget, we're getting close here. Primary elections are July 19th, and early voting begins on July 7th. All right, today we have Isela Bravo. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. What area of the county do you live in? I live in Mount Airy. I've lived there for over 15 years now. Okay, cool. And what's your day job? My day job? Um, I work at a local nonprofit, um, and I um, I started off doing human resources and have branched into community engagement, and um, I basically do whatever I can to um, make sure that we are successful in what we're doing. Okay. What what kind of work does the nonprofit do? Um, the, pro- the nonprofit, uh, we service Frederick County, um, and we do... All, we run a range of programs to help the community, um, everything from helping expectant mothers to helping seniors um, and finding them um, opportunities to volunteer. Great. So can you tell me about what made you decide to run for this position? Have you ever run before? I did run for office before. I ran four years ago. Um, I ran for state delegate for District 4. Um, I am a, uh, I was a Democratic candidate, and so that was a, it was a difficult run in that district, but I thought um, it was important to show that, you know, there are lots of views everywhere, right? Um, so I ran four years ago um, as state, and uh, this time when I looked around and people asked what I was interested in, um, being away from schools now, um, and that my kids have graduated and they're now in college, um, I really wanted to get back into it. And um, I, I am very interested in the education policies here. I moved here because of education. And so, um, yeah, I saw the opening there and I thought this is something I would really like. This is a way I would really like to serve. What do you mean when you say you moved here because of education? So um, I was living in California and we, I, my kids were what, about two and four? And I looked at what school opportunities were there, and there were none. So my husband walked in one day and said, you know, I got a job offer in Maryland. I know you won't leave your family. And I said, well, let me take a look. And I looked up um, all of the numbers, and I saw that Maryland was number one in education. And so I said, we will leave because my kids deserve the best education they can get. And that's why we moved here. Great. So what do you see as some of the most important issues on your platform as you launch this campaign? Um, you know, my, my, my emphasis, um, are on one thing is caring for the people that care for our kids, right? We have, um, these huge job description and my background is human resources. So I look at everything as from that angle, um, that perspective, um, we are losing teachers. They are overworked. 
they're getting called some pretty horrific names. And um, I, I really think we need to change our view and change the way we're looking at teachers and offer them the support they need to be successful. If they're caring for our kids, we need to care for them too because it's there's that trickle effect, right? Um, so that's one of my main platforms, um, being able to support teachers, finding out what they need, adequate resources. Um, another thing that I am very, that I'm a big believer of is diversity and representation. And I mean that in color, religion, um, ableism. You know, we should, our school should reflect our community. And I think it's really important to make sure that we set that as a goal. Um, and I also, um, you know, I really believe that we need to look at our class sizes. Uh, our class sizes are, you know, people are, I have teacher friends who are talking about 34 children in one class. We got to do something about that. And so, um, I, I, again, it goes back to enabling the people at our schools to be able to do a good job because our kids deserve it. Mm-hmm. So if you were elected, you would be serving alongside the first new superintendent that FCPS has had in over a decade. Uh, I'm wondering how you would plan to work with Dr. Dyson and what, if anything, you think the district could maybe change or do better as it enters this new chapter? Um, I am a big believer in education um, of the general public of what um, boards do. Um, I don't think that there is enough um, information out there about exactly what the board can do, what we're, what they're able to do, um, you know, even things such as the rules of the meeting. So something I'd like to see is is more... um, more communication from the board. Um, and as far as the new superintendent, I look forward to working with her. I mean, I, I don't have any preconceived conditions <laughs> because, um, you know, I don't know her. I had, wasn't there in the interview. Um, I can't really say how I would work in the future other than I would hope positively and well. Um, I think it's important to have a good relationship. We have to have a good relationship in order for our schools to succeed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things that I know from speaking with Dr. Dyson, one of the things that is top of mind for her is the district's special education programs, Mm -hmm. especially in the wake of this Department of Justice investigation. Um, I'm wondering what your plans are as to how you would navigate the continued impacts of the DOJ investigation. Any changes you think might be beneficial in the area of special education or even just rebuilding trust in the community in that sense, since I know um, this has been something that's been on the community's mind a lot in these last few months. Yeah, um, it's a tough topic, right? Because so many people are affected by it, um, and and it's it's heartbreaking to hear that any child felt um, less than the respect than they deserved. Um, so what we need to do to move forward, and I'm a big person, I'm a big believer, and we have to look at it, and we got to move forward. Um, I go back to, you know, supporting the teachers and, and looking at, you know, who is teaching this, and if these mistakes are happening, there's obviously training missing. There's obviously, you know, there's there are things missing from the school. Um, I wasn't there in the investigations. I've read some reports. I would have to do more investigating before I could just snap off things, because I'm, I, I wouldn't I'm not going to take those decisions lightly, but I do think it's important that we work with the superintendent, that we work with um, with special education specialists, and we do everything we can to make the changes in the classroom, um, including having um, more adequate supervision. Mm-hmm. 
So more supervision of the the programs themselves? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Another thing that's been talked about a lot in the community these last few weeks is the health curriculum. Um, There has been some debate over these additions that the district and the state says is an effort to make uh, lessons more inclusive of all sexual orientations and gender identities in an age-appropriate way. There is a contingent who is pretty upset by this and thinks that it's not age-appropriate. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that issue right now and and on the way that it's been playing out in the community over the last few weeks. All right. Well, those are two different issues um, right there. Um, One issue is our difference in opinion and what um, people believe um, are intentions. Um, And that's where I I go off the rail, (laughs) so to speak. Um, You know, it's important that we all believe that we're here for the same common goal, which is to educate our children and to care for our children. The idea of calling people the worst name I can think of, and when those remarks come into the conversation, it it just degrades any chance of being able to even see that side. Um, You know, I have... I have friends who are teachers, I have friends who are on that board, and the names that they were called and the things that they were accused of, just to me, um, well, it, it just, for lack of a letter, better way to say it, it just makes it really sad um, because it does prohibit us from being able to converse and, and find common ground. Um, but regarding, you know, openness in... I, I am a firm believer that our schools and our families come in all sorts of different beautiful shapes and sizes and colors, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And um, I think we should be celebrating our very diverse and welcoming community. Mm-hmm. So you support the additions to the curriculum? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you mentioned a couple couple minutes ago that one important platform piece for you was supporting teachers. So I want to talk about that a little more. Um, teachers and board members alike have for a while now been expressing concern about how FCPS's average pay is lower than surrounding counties. And they say that that's leading to a lot of teachers choosing to go work in Montgomery County or Howard County because they can do the same job but get paid a lot more for it. Um, so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how to how to address this issue of teacher recruitment and retention. Um, it's a pretty obviously important piece of, of the education system. And yeah, just what what are your thoughts on, on that ongoing conversation? Any ways to mitigate these concerns? So recruiting is in my background. Um, and, and retention is, I, you know, we cannot be successful if we don't retain the knowledge and experience to continue our schools and their good programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need, and, you know, the other part of it is we want our community members teaching our kids. You know, these accusations that people make would be harder to make if everybody in the school was of our community, right? Um, So it's better for us to have people stay in our community. What would I think about, you know, obviously, again, class sizes, I think, is a big thing. Yes, money is something that means a lot. Salary means a lot. There are other ways we can go about it, though. We can look at possibly offering teachers, um, you know, some points when they if they take out a mortgage in the area um, we can look at recruiting you know some of the local high schoolers and, and helping them pay for their college if they come back to teach um, we have an, such a huge group of, of retired really good people here who might be you know who 
could possibly come in and learn, but we got We're going to have to figure out how to how to want make them want to come in and search for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think there are avenues to research. I, you know, I haven't worked in their human resources office, so I can't tell you they haven't checked off all of those boxes. Mm-hmm. But I do think we can be creative. And again, I, I think Frederick County is worth celebrating. I, I think we are such a unique and wonderful community. I think there are definitely things we can do to retain our teachers. Yeah. Uh, with with that issue of recruitment also comes a discussion about the diversity of our teaching staff. So over the last 10 or 15 years, the student population of FCPS has become a lot more racially and ethnically diverse, but the same can't really be said for the teaching staff. There's a pretty big gap there and uh, board members have talked about recently the fact that the teaching staff of FCPS does not mirror the community. Um, There's been some talk about hiring an HR specialist who's specifically focused on minority recruitment. Uh, So I'm just wondering what what your thoughts are on that issue of trying to make the, the teaching workforce more closely resemble the community and any possible avenues you would support to, to get there. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of this. Um, you know, as, um, as a child, I didn't grow up seeing a lot of people that look like me out there. Um, and I, that's not great, right? Um, you know, it, it's, it didn't hurt me for life, but it, it was definitely something that I look back on and I thought, you know, I love that kids today are able to see people that look like them on TV. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a wonderful change and our schools should definitely reflect that. There's also the, um, you know, Frederick again is this great place with a myriad of cultures. We have a lot of people coming here. Um, a person from the same culture is better able to talk to certain students in shared cultures. Um, there is a talent there to be able to reach a shared culture that you know I don't have, and so um, I, I think it's very important that we hire a diverse group. And I'm talking everything from that to a diverse um, teachers who have a diverse background and you know should come from business and should come from farming. And the more perspectives that we're able to offer, the um, the better education our children will receive. Mm-hmm. I know that's also been discussed in the context of supporting students of color in predominantly white schools across Frederick County who might feel marginalized, especially in the wake of this incident we had at Middletown Middle. We have three eighth grade students facing hate crime charges for uh, a racist image that was shared on social media. Uh, and I'm just wondering what, what thoughts you have or any, any plans that you might have to try and support these students who might be struggling in the wake of that. And even before that, I mean, I know a lot of community members have spoken out and said this incident got a lot of attention, but this isn't necessarily a new phenomenon. It's something that we've been dealing with for a long time. Yeah, we definitely, um, our schools definitely have that history, and I, I, I hear it from friends. Um, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be shielded by some but not a lot. Uh, I mean, but, you know, it, it's difficult to talk about because it is so sad to think that people are still judging people by the color of their skin. Um, but that's where 
I think education has to come into play again. And so, you know, I, I'm excited that we we're offering African American studies, but we have to we, we should be looking at offering Latino and Asian American studies too. Um, the more knowledge, again, I, I'm a big believer that knowledge is empowerment. You know, I grew up in a mostly Latin neighborhood, and I had stereotypical beliefs myself. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got out into the world, real world, that I said, "Oh, people are people." And so, um, I think finding out about each other's histories and and, you know, starting off with our differences often leads us to what our similarities are. Um, so I think we need to work together more. Mm. Okay. So something else I wanted to touch on was this recent survey that was conducted by the uh, firm that was responsible for hiring Dr. Dyson as the new superintendent. So as part of their hiring process, they asked a lot of community members, parents, teachers, even students, um, about the school system and the direction it's going and the way it's being run. And some of that data showed that there is, there appears to be at least um, low levels of trust in the community, in the school system right now. People feel like it's not doing a great job of communicating or being transparent. And I'm wondering what you think about that attitude right now that seems seems to be permeating a little bit and how you might work to rebuild trust in the community with the board, the school system, and just the education system as a whole? Um, we are in such a weird time right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're coming out of this pandemic, and some of us are still afraid to come out. Some of us are, you know, ready to bust those doors open. I think we have lost almost the art of communication, for lack of a better way. We, um, I'm not surprised that we feel that way. Mm. And um, I, I do think a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and choices that were made then and in, um, you know, pro or, pro or against whatever decisions were made. There were some real feelings concerning life and death. Um, we had children who weren't able to go to school because we were trying to keep them safe. I would be shocked if we didn't feel this way about our schools right now. It would have been really a tough job to be a good communicator during the past two years. Um, it needs to improve, and, and the schools need to do better, um, and, and the board needs to do better. Um, communication is key. Education is key. You know, I, I, even just about the board race, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, people don't even know how many people are running for the board or what the board does exactly. Um, and it's hard. Everybody's busy and they're preoccupied. And again, pandemic brain, we all kind of go home and go, oh my God, I'm tired. I saw people for an hour today and that was a lot. It's a different energy that we have out there. Um, but I, you know, so I can say that I don't think it was a great job. Um, I, I think it was a really tough time and I think we can do better. Mm-hmm. As a board member, how would you work to do better in that area? How would you work to communicate with the community more or sort of open up that process? I know you mentioned a couple of times that people don't always understand what the board is doing or who's on it or what power they have. So I'm curious what you think about how you might address that if you were elected. Well, uh, one thing, I, you know, I, one thing I would do is for those who watch the board meeting, I know I would definitely, um, I, I want, would ensure that if we were speaking about something in acronyms and so forth just the kind of thing like making sure that we spell it out so Mm. anybody who's listening understands exactly what we're talking about i mean those are the little things you can do the big things you can do was um well 
one, anybody who knows me knows I'm always available to talk. Um, and I'm happy to, to talk about these issues because I think it's important. Um, if there was an interest in the community and having, you know, weekly sit downs or monthly sit down, ask the board, I'd be happy to do that as well. You know, um, I haven't served on the board, so I'll be honest, I don't know how the people who are most interested in what the board does is most effectively reached, but that's something I would work at to try to find out and so that I can make sure that we're giving them more information. Mm. All right. Well, as we get ready to wrap up here, um, I know this is a super crowded field this year, 16 Mm -hmm. candidates, and I'm wondering, I guess, simply put why voters should choose you as opposed to the other 15 people on the ballot. All right. <laughs> um, one, I think my human resources experience makes me stand out. I you know I, I understand the the right now we're looking at a huge shortage of um, qualified people for mm-hmm. our schools, and I do think that I give a perspective um, from an HR business standpoint on how important it is that we have em- the good right employees because that saves us money in the future. Mm. Um, Two, because of my business background, I am concerned about money. I do want to make sure it's well spent. I would never approve anything where I thought money was just going somewhere where it's not going to be used to the best um, to the best effect. Um, I am a community member who has volunteered since my kids have started school. I was at their elementary school almost daily. Mm. PTA president, PTA treasurer. Um, I did um i substituted i substituted for special ed for a month um i planned parties (laughs) um i care about the kids in this community i am fortunate enough that my husband was able to work and i was able to just stay at home um and i was able to volunteer and um i didn't grow up in the best circumstances Mm -hmm. i have come to frederick and found people and friends who touch me and who have supported me and I will do everything I can to give back to this community because honestly it's done so much for me I, I had a horrible trauma happen to me years ago where the community came out and supported me and I will never forget that wow. and um, if there is work here to be done and I think I'd be a good fit and I look at this job and I'm like they need help with retention they need help with communicating these are things I'm really good at mm. I want to help Mm -hmm. And so why me? Because uh, I think I'd be really good at it. (laughs) That's a good answer. All right. Well, thank you so much, Isela Bravo. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you.